In this episode of the Founders and Coders podcast, I talk to Garda Ibrahim about Gaza Sky Geeks and what it's been like helping other people learning to code as part of the Code Academy that they have. Um, as well as that, we talk about her experiences of changing career and learning to code in Gaza. Hello and welcome to the Founders Encoders student podcast. I'm your host, Azizi Adiemo, and I'm joined today by Garda Ibrahim. How's it going, Garda? Hey, Azizi, how are you? Not bad, not bad. So, um, I mean, it's, it's been a while since I've recorded one of these because I've started work, uh, but I'm super excited to talk to someone from Gaza Sky Geeks today. Um, so, Garda, who who are you and why am I talking to you? I guess is what people are going to be wondering. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm so glad to be here on this uh, podcast and with you. Uh, my name is uh, Gada Ibrahim. Um, I'm basically one of the early students of the first coding uh, academy, FAC Gaza, say. Um, and I graduated like two two years ago. And I'm here to talk about my... Well, being a former um, student and a graduate of the of the Code Academy, now referred to uh, to it, um, I want to speak about my experience and yeah, answer some of the questions you may have as well. I mean, this is super cool for me. The podcast is going international. Um, yeah. it's I find it really sort of interesting and encouraging that the founders and coders community like does cross borders, and I think being learning to code in Gaza must be particularly interesting. Um, so what were you doing before? So I'm basically um, an architect. So um, I have a degree in architecture, graduated 2009. Um, I also worked in the in- industry for about five years. Um, but then I think lots of uh, things have come up and uh, changed in Gaza as usual. Like it's, it's never like certain, never sustainable, I guess. So situation have changed after the last war in, on Gaza. And, uh, I guess I was looking into, um, a new challenge, uh, something that is, you know, wouldn't affect like a career that wouldn't get affected by you know a political situation all of the things that are constantly changing here in Gaza um so that's basically what i was doing um you know designing houses and um buildings mosques and stuff in Gaza city mm-hmm. so i think like architecture seems like it's a really strong background to move into coding from like because there's so so much design that's like necessarily a part of it so much of thinking about how people move through spaces like it's it abstracts into something similar to code similar to to websites i think have you have you found that i do and uh, basically it was uh my kind of motivation statement to get into coding, I basically still design things, right? And I think, um, you know, coming from that background where I have like this kind of critical thinking, I know how to talk to clients, 
uh, I know how to identify what they need and just, you know, design what they need for them and help them, like, you know, uh, get the space they dream to live in or things like that. Uh, so it's basically the same concept. Uh, you know, these transferred, the transferable skills has, have helped me to, be where I am right now. Um, so it's true that I come from a non-technical background and it's still like a, a bit of a, a leap or a, a true challenge to learn like, you know, uh, the the computer's language um, and all of these things, but I still could relate uh, and I could put the, the that kind of experience into the work I do and translating like uh, that into projects we build together as a team. In addition to like that component of, you know, team build, team building and uh, teamwork and stuff. I mean, back in, in, the, in the firm I used to, where I used to work, I was the, also the only female uh, working on, on the team of designers and uh, mm -hmm. architects. So, yeah. So, I mean, that that's different now, I suppose. <laughs> like, um, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, um, but Founders and Coders, my cohort, was like, I think, majority female. And I know that like it's a it's something that is stated for Sky Geeks. I think the last cohort was something like 70% female. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, I mean, overall, we do have, you know, we have a mandate to, to have 50% 50, 50 of female representation in the course, like students. Uh, so overall, we have... Uh, we have like 50, 55% of women participation across all of our cohorts. And, um, like on the other side of, uh, of Palestine in the West Bank, we definitely have like 70% participation of women, which was quite interesting to us, like more women than men who want to learn, uh, programming or coding and get into tech. Um, but at least mm -hmm. it's 50%. Right. So, so as, as the only woman at your architect firm, like what was that like and how how does that compare? Yeah, I mean, uh, reflecting on it, and I usually do that a lot, um, but it definitely has helped me to like have the personality that I have right now. Like I needed to, you know, find my voice and I was lucky to have like, uh, you know, my my boss, my teammates were quite supportive. Um, so it wasn't much of a, of a pain to get my voice heard, but that has definitely, you know, improved like how I lead and how I, you know, represent myself, how I represent my ideas, how not to be scared to speak up sometimes. Um, so all of that has, you know, developed, has contributed a lot to my, to who I am now, uh, has built, I mean, I always say between, uh, who you are right now and who you want to become is a skill gap and we all get it is not common for people to get that experience and I got it from like several uh, work experiences several life experiences and um, yeah it got me to you know who I am uh, at this stage and I'm, I'm only gonna learn more and improve I guess from here <laughs> yeah I mean I suppose those situations that present different challenges give you different opportunities to learn. Yeah. Um, so, so with being an, actually, did did you enjoy being an architect? Like, you said that you felt that you had to change because of like just 
constant changing situation in Gaza. Like, was was that purely it? Was it a opportunity that you saw that you were interested in doing coding before or was it like circumstances forcing you to go in that direction because actually being an architect was great yeah i think uh, I, di- I, I did really love my you know my profession my career as an architect um it has developed from nothing into lots of things you know um uh that love kind of grew with the things that i was doing the the that like the vision of um, of helping people get what they want has definitely uh, contributed to that love uh, to grow. Uh, but like after after things have changed in Gaza, it was really hard to con- to continue doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, lots of restrictions on building materials, lots of things that have that have been really disruptive and uh, detrimental to. Uh, to the work we do and the continu- continuation of it. Um, so I had to do something. I, I think I got to a point where I wasn't learning much and that was, that I felt really miserable that I wasn't like, you know, faced with those challenges um, and like learning something new at least. I was like getting, you know, when you get to a point where you're just, you know, your work, even if it may seem quite um, exciting to other people, you get to a point where it's more of a routine now, like you're doing things, you know, there's nothing, you know, nothing new that's presenting itself to to you uh, to tackle or something. So um, I think uh, what I what I wanted to do is like learn something new. It was quite exciting. I was always been I mean, we, we hear this a lot, but I really uh, I'm like the um I have three brothers, um, um, and we've always been into like computers, and like I've always been curious about the uh, like learning these how these programs work on like Windows or whatever operating system. I learned uh, Photoshop myself. I was always curious to learn like these uh, um, these things uh, at, the, at a very young age, and I think I could relate to it. Um, and I wanted just to learn how to build things, uh, how to how to build things for good, how to solve problems, just like I did as an architect. How to do it just uh, the same way, uh, doing something else, doing something, you know, in tech. As like, it's only gonna get ref- like from from now. It's only gonna get um, revolutionized. Um, you know, everything is now tech based. Um, so there's lots of opportunity. I see it on a personal level and also here, at, like on uh, at Gazaska Geeks level. Um, so so yeah, I think there was definitely something from my childhood. There was that definitely an opportunity that that came uh, in a time that was most needed for me personally. And all of this like came together, and it was like just the perfect timing. I don't know if it's just a uh, you know, universal universal coincidence or something, but it's just, you know, it was destined to happen and I'm so happy it did. Mm. Yeah, I guess uh, you don't have to worry about, like, building materials, resources being blockaded, like, when you're doing things on the internet. Yeah. Although, exactly. actually, are, are there difficulties with sort of consistent, um, like, internet? Do you... Do you have as much internet access as you need to be able to uh, keep developing? Yeah, so I think one of the main thing 
uh, one of the main things that we we offer here uh, at Gaza Sky Geeks being, you know, uh, one of the leading tech hubs in, in Palestine, but especially in, in Gaza, is... Um, is is those uh, like electricity and internet connection that is stable, uh, high speed? These are like the basic things we we know that Gaza uh, needed, um, and you can you can get it here. Like, and our co-working space is open to everyone to come, like you know, freelance or like learn programming or you know, um, you know, get with your team, build a startup. I think that this was uh, like the main. The main thing that we we offered basically you know covering basic needs in gaza but also like we we do have i mean at home and like people do have internet connection i think it's like very essential but that doesn't mean that everyone can have it right it doesn't still doesn't mean mean that um i think there's still like you know disadvantaged uh, societies or people um that may not have that access at least to like a decent internet connection mm-hmm and I guess if you if you have a place where that's being provided, you can like a community is going to build up around that somewhat anyway. Yeah. And Founders and Coders is has a lovely community, so I'm assuming that it's the same kind of vibe there that you've managed to get together a lot of different people who have like a shared goal and manage to create a lovely community out of that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Um Besides talking about like there's internet connection, great internet connection and uh, stable electricity, there's also the fact that uh, this is like the Code Academy is a free of tuition uh, program, just like, you know, founders and coders. Um, we're, we're trying to make uh, tech education available for everyone. And I think just coming from there and, uh, another thing is the, you know, mentor, the, the mentoring model that we do, which is basically we, you know, teach each other and all of that kind of contributes to building, uh, a solid, strong community that is knitted together. Um, just to, you know, for, for the, the sole sake of, uh, supporting each other, uh, learning something new, uh, you know, just elevating each other. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely like that community that's only, that's not only Gaza, but also across Palestine. And, you know, right now, like we're talking international, like we're part of that, you know, bigger community of, uh, FAC as well. Mm-hmm. So, so what was it like first becoming a part of that? community for you then what was your experience of the code academy like as a student yeah i mean it all started with uh bassert uh who came to as an international mentor and like, at gaza sky geeks we have like a network of more than 350 mentors around the globe uh people come to to gaza from everywhere um in in the world to you know share their knowledge uh mentor teams uh so Bassett was one of those uh people who came here and uh, kind of started the seeds of the code academy in at gaza sky geeks and in gaza uh so it it was really amazing i mean uh for at least like a year uh, or a, a year and a, and a half, it was more, um, we were relying on, you know, uh, mentors to come, those who graduated FAC London, to come and mentor us. Um, and it was until, I think, uh, 20, 
late 2018 until we kind of started to rely on like us until we have uh, like we felt like we have a, a bigger community now we can rely on so we started this like self-sustained uh, kind of mentorship and uh, learning model mm-hmm. but but what was it like for you but what was it like for you when you were like first being involved like what was the experience of being taught by all of these different people around the world like what were what were the sorts of friends that you made and things like that as well oh i made lots of friends um like from dan to yvonne to everyone who (laughs) who came to gaza to teach us and uh uh, those who came to mentor even afterwards uh so to me it was definitely amazing i mean it's it's like a life-changing experience. It's anything a learner would dream of, right? It's like, you know, talking to people from different cultures. They bring this, you know, different values, a uh, new perspective. And just, you know, it's, it's amazing to just sit in breaks together and just, you know, bounce ideas or like just share life experiences about a, a certain topic or something uh, very random could be. Um, so it's been really amazing to me personally. I mean, learning coding has been, and I, I remember like, um, this describing, uh, that experience, uh, as being, you know, my, my brain was bungee jumping basically. And it was like dreaming of zeros and ones for a while. <laughs> it was really, uh, it definitely stretched, stretched my, my brain. And I'm not saying really like actually physically. <laughs> I think yeah. <laughs> my my brain has evolved. Uh so it has been it has been a challenging experience but also very uh rewarding, very uh, very amazing of all of the people that came into this kind of uh new new journey, new exp- experiment I would say because it, it did start like that. But um yeah, it was definitely amazing, very cool. I mean, I talking about that challenge, I read in uh one of the articles that you sent me that have been written about sky geeks uh which i think is very cool um that in your cohort it was it was originally intended to be was it was it just one one month or two and then it ended up like the the whole of the academy ended up lasting something like six yes yeah yeah it was uh i think i don't i don't even think six is just kind of you know, vaguely extended until <laughs> eight months for eight months. Um, and it was intended for, I think, two, two, two months, um, like eight weeks, something. Um, so, so yeah, it was definitely challenging. And, um, in that sense, because I've, I mean, it, imagine that I have like left my job. Also, although I wasn't really happy, but it, it was kind of, you know, paying the bills. And, uh, I do have a, fa- a family. I do have three kids and it was definitely not a, not the uh, most welcome decision to, to take. Uh, but also it was, you know, I didn't really know when it's going to end or like what's going to happen next just because it was, you know, um, you know, starting off and no one knows, uh, when it's going to, when it's going to end. It was kind of, uh, you know, shaping and evolving as we go. Um, so that was definitely the challenge of like, you know, taking from certain not good option into uncertain, uncertain results <laughs> of something. Um, so yeah. So gamble. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, that's, uh, I mean, that's got to create some interesting stresses. Like, I think 
so so much of what founders and coders is about is giving people opportunities to jump into tech that wouldn't otherwise have them but like even when you're uh when you have the opportunity to learn and it doesn't cost you anything like it kind of does not being able to do your other job um especially if you've got the responsibility of a family to look after like it's a yeah. it's a challenging gamble i'm very glad it paid off yeah me too <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um cool um so what Oh, I've got I've got lots of different things to ask, and I'm not sure which one to ask next. Um, I guess the the advantages of um, having more people knowing how to code in Gaza, um, more more women in particular, um, when the blockade is there, like actually being able to export the skills that people have is very very challenging um but when you can offer your skills online that's got to help a lot like there's a a pretty pretty high post code academy employment rate isn't there yeah um definitely i think uh so basically up until the moment i mean we've been running uh since 2017 and up until the moment, we have uh, around 140 graduates, 60% of them um, have jobs right now. And I think part of, uh, uh, I mean, I did on the education component of the Code Academy program, but also there's this uh, another component um, that's uh, strictly related to it, that is the talent matching component, where we we now focus on placing people into, you know, high value, sustainable jobs that are, you know, well-paying uh, jobs, basically, that are long-term. Um, and basically, up until the moment, the median people get is eight $800 uh, a month. Um, and we're aiming to get it to like $1,000 a month. Uh, but for people who don't know, like median salaries in Gaza uh, and even in, across Palestine is like 400 to 600 uh, dollars. So what we're aiming for is a lot more, I mean, more than that, at least for the first, uh, first job. Um, so yeah, I think what we're doing is helping lots of people, especially women to, to get more, you know, independent, um, you know, utilizing something they, they learned in six months. And I mean, Lots of them, they do have degrees in IT or in software engineering, but they have no idea. People graduate university having no idea what they're going to do with the kind of outdated knowledge. I don't want to be criti critical to, you know, universities and uh, curriculums there. But they, this is what we've been noticing. Some people even uh, prefer to do our six months course. Uh, instead of doing re university. So right after high school, they would be like, yeah, university is not going to do me much. So I'll just do this and get a job afterwards. So it's been helpful to, to everyone, but especially women. And it's a life changing experience. Uh, we get lots of people saying, you know, uh, how, like, even before they, they get into the course, like, what impact this uh, upcoming six months of their life, uh, gonna, gonna have. And uh, they usually do a lot more than the, you know, that motivation they came in with. Mm -hmm. So what, 
so is it is it a really big variety of different sorts of work that people end up doing or is there sort of predominantly a particular sector that people end up in yeah it's basically what we aim to do is to um um, kind of cultivate uh, what we call hiring partners. So we carefully choose like who we can work with. We make sure that those people take in uh, our you know fresh graduates, their junior web developers. Um, our aim is to diversify your teams, uh, and basically uh, they're going to add a lot to it um, uh, by being you know coming from uh, Gaza, Palestine, from a different uh, having different perspectives uh, that would enrich the culture of of your team and lots of companies actually uh, do focus on that uh, so not in particular nothing in particular like in in a sector we look for but more on like uh, taking taking those uh, junior web developers under their wings uh, integrate them in into their teams uh, you know having maybe like you know kind of uh, technical oversight uh, over what they're doing, uh, more of like coaching or mentoring uh, style. But um, we have people who are now working with, for example, uh, have done internship through Gaza Sky Geeks, have done in- internships uh, with uh, Google for startups um, and, and are now officially uh, integrated into like uh, their teams, the the team of of those startups uh, who are um, incubated with uh, GFS or Google for startups. So we have a range of um, of you know hiring partners and uh, where people can can get jobs. Cool. Yeah, I mean that's that's basically what's happened for me. Like after finishing Founders and Coders, I've ended up working with uh, one of the partners as well, uh, which has been great. So. Um, I am unsurprised to hear that you're doing similar excellent things there. Um, So, Sky Geeks hasn't been going on for long, but just like everything in the world over the last year, it must have been quite disrupted by the pandemic. So how has dealing with that been? I mean, you know what? Larger question, because I do not know, Palestine and COVID, like what's happened in Palestine? Well, different different things happen in different places in Palestine, but uh, but mainly it's um, I think. And let me just uh, project on Gaza in specific. Uh, I think when the pandemic, uh, the outbreak started in back in March, nothing was happening in Gaza. Um, you know, everyone was just talking about how how Gaza, you know, hasn't shown any cases yet uh there's nothing there it was it wasn't until um july or august until we had our first uh you know case and basically it started in in gaza but before then i think things were quite normal to an extent uh not at least not like the you know the the rest of the world um but yeah, uh, uh, right now uh, we basically have uh, we had we had like weeks of you know lockdown, uh, a few weeks here and there. But um, mainly now we have only lockdown on on the weekends uh, because of at some point I think a couple of months ago the 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 cases have peaked, so we had like government um, and authorities had to do something about it. Um, so that's in a nutshell, like how COVID has been doing. It has definitely affected us 
um, you know, as an organization, as part of like Mercy Corps organization to shut down our offices, uh, you know, in Gaza and in the West Bank uh, at this stage where only staff is allowed in into the offices. Uh, that has been, you know, definitely affected our community. Uh, the people we have, like every day we have hundreds of people coming in. I think about like every day, about 200 people coming uh, to our like uh, hub and uh, working here. In addition to, I think, in addition, yeah, to uh, our program participants, uh, so students and uh, other people. Um, so so I think uh, it at the same time, uh, we try to do our best to take those, uh, you know, activities and events and uh, that kind of engagement into the uh, remote or online realm. So, yeah, like from game nights, like fun stuff, just to try and in- engage, uh, engage our community from, you know, fun stuff uh, into, uh, you know, webinars about all of the different topics. Uh, all of the programs are functioning now online. Code Academy, the Freelance Academy, and the startups, every, everyone's just doing their work online. At the beginning, though, it had definitely been uh, challenging, especially like from like the Code Academy lens. Uh, it has been really challenging to um, accommodate and uh, like adapt to the curriculum to be delivered uh, online. I mean, uh, we do think that our one of our main values or like, um, uh, you know, or value proposition, if you might say, is to have everyone under the same roof together working in person. So that was gone. And that was the challenge to get people, you know, stay engaged. And it's a full time course, like, how are we going to do this? It's a full time, you can't keep, you know, you can't have people online from nine to five over a zoom call or something. So we had to be open to that idea. And open to the fact that things may not change soon. Uh, and I think, yeah, we had to act. Uh, we could have said like, okay, we're, we're closed now. Like we're not going to be able to do things and just pray for COVID to, you know, go away. But, um, I mean, we had to do something. And I think we, we owe it to, to the people we, we work with, the people we serve, uh, to ourselves being, I mean, everyone on the team is basically, you know, either a fac or, uh, you know, code academy graduate. So we all belong to this, uh, to this space. Um, so we kind of quickly really moved and, uh, you know, did some, some tweaks to the curriculum and the delivery, uh, hired more people, um, kind of figured out how we can have people online, but also not on the Zoom call. And for that, like we used Discord, for example, and other tools. Um, so it's been really tough, but also right now, I mean, overall at, at GSG, uh, for example, the freelance academy, the freelance team is now instead of instead of working with in in a single cohort, instead of working with a hundred or hundred and fifty people, they work with five hundred. So it it is challenging, but also has changed how we kind of perceive things and how we operate and how many people we uh, we work with at, at the same time. Now we're not location. Wait. Yeah. Sorry, hold on. I just want to make sure I've understood that right. So because because it's now being done largely remotely you've the cohort is now five times larger yeah that is true <laughs> because oh wow because <laughs> i mean you can with more people you can basically do the same thing for a larger number and i think um 
I think we're going with the same approach uh, with the Code Academy, but not 500. Uh, I mean, we, our cohort is just 16 people. A single cohort is a six, 16 people uh, cohort, but um, we're aiming to increase that number gradually. So now we're aiming at 24 for a single cohort. Um, And not being location based, it's going to be a mixed cohort where, like, you know, people from the West Bank and people from Gaza can be on the same cohort um, at the same time. And to us, that has been a, a something we dream about. You know, it's like uh, always mm -hmm. to be, you know, only Hebron in the West Bank or only Nablus in the West Bank or only Gaza or only south of Gaza. But now. Mm -hmm. Like could be as yeah, just as inclusive as it could be. Um, so we're pretty excited about these uh, changes. Yeah, I mean that that must make a big difference. Like being able to work with people that are that separated, but also like should not be. Yeah, count, it's got to count for something big. Um, it's really interesting that. Um, you brought up using discord because um for my cohort like we we were in a zoom call like from um from 9 30 until six o'clock every day that that was how we did operate um and i think like the the idea of using something that's um just for voice communication um and i think like does does a lot better with uh, a mixture um Uh, connection qualities like yeah. could could have been an advantage I think like that understanding of having different platforms for different sort of modes of communication and working like is probably a very good way to be thinking about like working in working in teams whilst not being in the same place like what's is that the advantage that you guys have found there Yes, and uh, I mean, we've mentioned the internet connection, um, but now no one can actually come where the internet connection is more stable or electricity is more stable, right? Because we're technically we're closed to people. Um, so taking into account people's internet connection and like that, we don't want that to be a barrier for people uh, from, you know, being on the course and benefiting, like hearing the, you know, the instructor or, you know, the workshop uh, clearly and engaging uh, because it can be frustrating. I mean, even to me, when I sometimes work from home, it can be really frustrating to just suddenly lose the internet or someone opened like a, you know, kid's video or something and it's affecting my Uh, the quality of my video call. Um, so, so yeah, just taking into account that, I think Discord has been a, of a great help. Um, as you mentioned, like we can do sound channels and then communicate, uh, communicate there. Uh, teams can have their own channel, uh, their own voice channel or video, whatever they decide. And then we get them Uh, whenever it's time to do, to do another discussion or something, we get them into the Zoom call. But yeah, that's the main reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes lots of sense. Um, so, so what's the sort of future plan? Like, where where's where are things headed for Sky Geeks and Code Academy Gaza? Um, we're basically aiming at, I mean, hopefully in twenty twenty one, targeting a bigger cohort, a cohorts. Uh, you know, just as I mentioned, uh, you know, mixed cohorts between Gaza and the West Bank. 
um, hopefully we can when it's possible to move uh, we think of like that the mixed cohort as a segue into expanding in like physically expanding into the West Bank and you know cities like Nablus uh, we already have an existence in uh, in Khalil in Hebron uh, through our partners there um, so really what we're aiming for is to I mean to something I, I I missed to mention is that we have another offering now is so we're not just offering the six months course which is uh, labeled now as the career accelerator course we also have a, a more basic uh, course we uh, we call it the fundamentals course so uh, this actually has you know emerged from the COVID situation and that need of you know building a pool of qualified you know beginners to get into the the uh, the other more advanced course the six months course so we're, we're aiming to do more of uh, of that like the fundamentals course and at the the same time, you know, finding our way into new communities, uh, you know, new people that eventually, hopefully taking that into physical again. Mm-hmm. And uh, for people that want to be a part of um, everything, all of these different bits and pieces that you're doing in Gaza, um, is, is there a way that we can be involved at the moment or um, is it going to have to wait until post-COVID before people from other parts of the world can be involved, do you think? Yeah, I mean, waiting is uh, my least favorite word, but you can definitely get into like, you know, collaborating with us or like supporting. We are actively looking for, um, for example, code reviewers, which I think like fact community uh, people can be a great fit for it. Uh, so code reviewers for the students' projects, uh, you know, uh, also we have a mentorship, uh, like a bigger uh, program of Gaza Sky Geeks that is uh, uh, where we usually uh, bring in international mentorship. But now since there is no like physical or like no travel uh, uh, permitted, then uh, there are ways of uh, contributing to the different programs. Like either if you're interested in like the entrepreneurship, uh, uh, we can use your help with the startups or obviously with the Code Academy. But yeah, we're definitely on the Code Academy level. We, we're actively looking for people and mentors to support us with, you know, either code reviewing or uh, introducing new technologies, I don't know, TypeScript or things we can um, new technologies. I think, yeah, if people are interested, I can, I can still leave with you like a, a mentorship, a small form that people who are interested can, can, uh, fill it out. Uh, but yeah, we definitely welcome all of uh, your contributions, all of, uh, um, your help. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if you do send me that form, I can put it on the uh, show notes so that anybody who's listening to this and wondering how to get involved, if you just have a look on, on the show notes, wherever you're listening to the podcast, yeah. that link should be there. Sounds great. But yeah, I think, yeah, I think I just, I get like um, a sense of a a lot of um, forward momentum, um, a lot of um, encouraging excitement um i don't know the my my impression from you is like so positively driven like in spite of so many of the difficulties of being in gaza and the pandemic at the moment like i think 
um yeah it's been very pleasant to talk to you i guess is what i'm saying <laughs> thank you so much azizi so so great to talk to you as well really happy to be mm. here but yeah um cool uh, well in that case i think we should wrap this up um so um that was a long delayed but hopefully uh, enjoyable episode of the fac student podcast um for whoever you are listener um i've been azizi adiemo and you've been oh rada ibrahim yeah um and uh yeah i'll catch you next time um so have a good thank you so much